We don't wait well in this age of immediate gratification. Israel waited and waited and waited some more for the promised Messiah. And maybe you're waiting now for something promised by God. Certainly we are all waiting for Christmas. Definitely we are all waiting for the end of this pandemic, right? And we were waiting on something to arrive in the next day or two and it's not gonna be here. Well, what can we learn about waiting today from the Christmas story? And if you think others would benefit from praying about waiting in anticipation in a dark season, then now would be a great time to share this broadcast. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. We are diving into episode 75 today, and we're talking about anticipation. But before we do that, let's open with a bit of worship prayer. We're praying through the names of God, and this week we have another compound name. And once again, (laughs) I got wrapped up in that little hit of problem that we had, and I forgot to look up how to pronounce this. So if I say, if I butcher this, I promise I'll have it right by Wednesday. El Olam. This week we're talking about El Olam. We talked last week about El being a singular form of a word for God or divinity. Olam means world, universe, eternal, forever, everlasting in time or space. So together, we understand from this name of God that he is the sovereign, eternal ruler of the entire universe beyond time and space. El Olam is the eternal God without beginning or end. And the verse that we are going to use to pray through that today is Genesis 21, 33. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. I have a couple of comments about that. Elmer Towns comments that by calling on God as El Olam, Abraham was calling on the one who is always and eternally available to us. People today need just such a God as the eternal, unchangeable Lord, El Olam. A.W. Pink comments on the implications of that. Instead of ceaseless change and decay in all around that we see, as now, there shall be fixity, permanence, peace, and blessing. Matthew Henry describes El Olam as the everlasting God who was before all worlds and will be when time and days shall be no more. That is the God that we celebrate today. When so much is uncertain around us. He is the unchangeable, eternal Lord, El Olam. So let's pray. Father, I honor you as that today. I remind myself that that's who you are. No matter the decay and the darkness and the fear and the uncertainty that I see around me in my culture, you are the eternal, unchanging Lord, endlessly, eternally sovereign. I honor you for that today. I worship you for that today. I thank you that in the midst of the only thing being certain in our life is change. I, I honor you in that you are the one unchangeable fixed point that I can hang on to, that I can cling to. So help me do that. Help me in my life throughout my day as I, as I move through all the pieces of my day today. Pray that I would cling to you as the one fixed unchangeable thing. And I thank you for being that. 
as we go into this prayer time today, I pray that you would guide my words, guide my thoughts. You know that we're dealing with this problem that we've had, and it's got my mind all distracted, maybe is a good word, from, from what I'm doing right now. And I just ask for you to set this time apart. Help me remember who you are, who I am, why we're here, and what's important. And I just pray that you would find pleasure in this offering that we are giving you, that it would be a sweet to you and that you would move us, change our hearts, grow us, guide us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in the third week of an Advent series today. We've talked about separate, the word separate in the first week. We talked about the word meditate last week as we meditated on all of the wonders of Christ's birth, the Christmas story. This week, we're talking about anticipate, the idea of anticipating. Israel spent generations upon generations waiting for a savior. The Old Testament has an ongoing revelation about the coming Messiah. In his Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecy, J. Barton Payne says this. He lists, well, actually, he doesn't say this. He lists 127 messianic predictions involving more than 3,000 Bible verses, with a remarkable 574 of those verses referring directly to a personal Messiah. As a nation, Israel was to be watchful in anticipation of the coming Messiah. The prophecies about the Messiah were not scattered predictions randomly thrown into the Old Testament, but they form a unified promise plan of God. Each promise is interrelated and connected into a grand series, one continuous plan of God. Now, when we think of anticipation, if you're from my generation, you might remember ketchup coming out of the bottle, right? We think of short-term things, a coming vacation, or what else might you be anticipating? Christmas coming or the end of this pandemic. These are short-term things in reality. It feels like forever in the midst of it, but they are short-term things. But Israel's anticipation was so long-term. Imagine longing for something that was promised. Your whole life, you felt you were looking for it. Like part of your purpose in life was to anticipate this thing that never came in your lifetime. That is long-term anticipation, something that we don't experience in our culture on the outside of Christian revelation. But here's the verse that we're looking at today. It's just a reminder of one of the, um, one of the prophecies. 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 and 13. When your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So let's pray through that, that in, that idea of anticipation over long term. Father, when you think about what it, what it took to write all of those books and all of those prophecies, in all of those verses, in a cohesive way that Jesus fulfilled, it's astonishing. I can't remember the odds of that happening, but they're astronomical. I've seen it written, and they're just crazy. Like, it would, it would never happen outside of your plan. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for all the pointers that you gave along the way. You encouraged your people throughout the generations that the Messiah was coming. And I appreciate that. You didn't have to do that. And as we wait for whatever that we're waiting on, whether it's big things or small things, you will give us encouragement along the way also. You teach us in Israel's experience, how to wait and how not to wait sometimes. Israel wasn't always so good 
at waiting either. I suspect it's human nature. We are not good at waiting for something that we don't have a tangible grasp on. But teach us. Teach us what Israel looked forward to and how to look forward to that as well. You promised Israel that you would establish the throne of David's kingdom forever. And you've done that in Jesus. That's what we're celebrating this month as we think about the idea of Jesus coming to earth. We're celebrating the fulfillment of centuries of waiting. Waiting in anticipation. When we think about waiting and we think about Normally, we think of it as something just to get through. Like, it's just just the part that we need to get through before the good stuff comes. And sometimes it feels endless, and sometimes it feels hard, and sometimes it feels hopeless, but it is not. And that's actually not how we're supposed to be just waiting. We're supposed to be anticipating. Israel was supposed to be anticipating that Messiah and doing a number of things in anticipation. And we should have that same air of anticipation in our life. We see the fulfillment. We see all the promises and we see the fulfillment of Jesus' birth and we celebrate that. We worship you today for the idea that you are a God who keeps his promises. So whatever you have promised, we can be rock solid certain that you will fulfill. And I ask as we wait in this season, whatever we're waiting for in our own lives, that you would kind of renew that understanding in our hearts, not just in our minds to intellectually agree to, but that we would actually feel that in our hearts, that rock solid assurance that you fulfill your promises. I pray that we would see the fulfillment in our lifetime. And if we don't, that we would still be seeking after you in anticipation with our words and our actions and our attitudes, that we would be full of an eager anticipation for a sure event. If you have promised it, it will be true. And there's all kinds of things that we can, not just like I've promised you some specific thing for your life, but you've promised us so many things in, the, in your word. You've promised to be with us. That's what we celebrate this Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us. And I anticipate all that you will fulfill in my life through that promise of you are with us me. It's not just me that's doing things. I'm a part of the vine. What I should be doing, I should be doing through the power of your spirit. That anticipation of that, all of that you will do in my life through that one promise itself is astonishing. I ask that you would open our eyes to see that today. What do we have to anticipate in our life? Even if things look bleak, you've given us so many jeweled promises. Like I'm seeing like this necklace of pearls that's just so long that one by one we can count on that string of pearls to anticipate something beautiful that you have promised. Remind us of that today when things look bleak outside, whether it's our crappy weather or whether it's rotten circumstances or grief or pain. Remind us of all the beautiful things that you have promised us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I never know exactly where a prayer is going to go on any given day. That's not really where I expected today's to go. But thank you for being with me. I so appreciate you guys showing up and praying together, whether you're doing it here live or on the replay. I'm so grateful that you are joining your voice with us a couple of times a week. If you're watching the broadcast on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page and you found it helpful, we'll be back again on Wednesday. So invite a friend to join you on Wednesday at 10 o'clock. If you're a podcast listener, subscribing to the show and sharing it with a friend is the best way to get more people aware of our show so that they can pray with us as well. 
Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace and the Gravel Road. Gives you the truth and tools to live the life God wants you to. My heart is that as we pray together, that we would all grow in our prayer lives and God would use this prayer in mighty ways in your life and in mine. But most of all, I pray that you will fall deeper and deeper in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.